0: Warning. this podcast discusses adult themes, uses adult language, and is trying to take all your guns away. Seriously, this episode discusses violence and suicide. Disevidentia is an inability to reliably process evidence, and this is a podcast all
1: about it. This episode was released on April 7th, 2021, and we are discussing Disevidentia because it is clear millions of 2A fans are suffering from it. I am Mako. And I am Squeaky. We are software developers, and we thought that qualified us to discuss logic and evidence, but our peers seem intent on making us look bad, especially Squeaky.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Your choice if you <laughs> want to include that or not. How about we just move on to our sponsors?
1: Check out our sponsors at disevidentia.com on our support page.
0: Nice hash. lets you mine cryptocurrency on your computer easily. See the link in the show notes or support page.
1: One of our listeners is profiting a few dollars a day just by running NiceHash on his gaming computer. You can support us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash disevidentia.
0: If you already spent all of your money on bullets, you can still like, subscribe,
1: and leave a review to help us out. We are going to start plugging small businesses. If you like chainmail jewelry and dice, check out Clock & Chain at clockandchain.squarespace.com. See the link in the show notes and let us know if you want your small business plugged here. Today, we're going to discuss nine gun myths. But first, Squeaky is going on a rant.
0: Thanks to our support Splort Splorch. Thanks for manga artists for including Splorch. Thanks to our supporters Ah
1: oh, god damn it.
0: There is some confusion on what disevidentia is. Disevidentia is similar to, but not cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the feeling of discomfort people have when holding two mutually contradictory beliefs. Disevidentia is for when people cannot feel this. I have felt cognitive dissonance, and I suspect most listeners have felt this at some point, when we were on the cusp of changing our minds. This is similar to, but is not, compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is when a person holds two mutually contradictory beliefs, but is able to compartmentalize the belief away in different parts of their life or different contexts. For example, an oil prospector who is also a young earth creationist. This isn't always the case. Plenty of people can believe that the earth is round and flat, or that the enemy is strong and weak, or other contradictory nonsense in the same context. There are dozens of other examples of mental health issues people can have. Most of these are legitimate attempts to categorize issues that brains can have, and most are useful and should be investigated. However, I think these words and conditions are generally made by doctors, scientists, researchers, and other people who take their intelligence for granted. I believe that these smart people think that their ability to process evidence is the norm rather than a fortunate exception. Consider for just a moment, does everyone in a group need to be able to process evidence for a group of humans to survive, or even thrive? Biology, and evolution specifically, love to take shortcuts on conserving energy. With our brain using 20% of our energy, evolution certainly has incentive to find shortcuts. So why do so many smart people insist on believing that silly things like facts, logic, and evidence are somehow more convincing to most people than emotion, tradition, or faith? These smart people even believe this counter to a lot of evidence. In the show notes, I will link to some articles and studies showing how useless evidence is when it comes to changing minds. They cover cognitive dissonance, selection bias, the Dunning-Kruger effect, selective exposure, motivated reasoning, and many others. Disevidentia is all and none of these. The simple fact is that most people have made up their minds before they even consult the evidence. Okay, you took too long. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Needs to marinate a little longer.
0: So for this next segment, we have nine disevidentia-fueled myths about guns.
1: And there seems to be no shortage of myths with this topic, unfortunately.
0: I think we were both sort of inspired by Reddit, which was discussing this because of recent shootings.
1: You had one Reddit thread in particular uh, that you were looking at, uh, a Change My View post. Uh, I recall seeing all sorts of comments from news threads after every single mass shooting, because it's the pretty much the same conversation that gets rehashed every single time on Reddit over and over and over. At some point or another, if you do enough digging, you will find people that make most, if not all, of these claims in any given post on Reddit. Yeah, they're pretty common.
0: Yeah, I agree. We can always dig around and find somebody discussing it. It's just that there are so many shootings. I hadn't heard about the Colorado shooting until three days later, (laughs) because we just have to deprioritize shootings. Otherwise, we don't get any news at all. And for the last four years, I think we've been desensitized to it, because even though there was a major spike in gun violence, which we'll dig into mm-hmm. president trump just did so much outrageous nonsense that he was consuming all of the news cycles energy
1: and people in general and during the trump administration got a lot of burnout from the news and then covid made it even worse because that was like an actual clear and present danger for a lot of people starting out so like they had to throw their attention at it and they weren't in a good place to do so there's a lot of news burnout a lot of news burnout
0: what are we up to on covid deaths do you know
1: Not off the top of my head, no.
0: 548,162 deaths as of the time of this recording, which is the end of March, March 31st. Yeah. Uh, I noticed we kind of stopped tracking when uh, Trump stopped being president. Did we? I mean, the CDC didn't. A lot of people stopped paying attention because vaccines were already started. Mm -hmm. And when you have a leader who thinks injecting bleach is okay, you have a really poor role model and lots of people make it worse. Yeah. And what, we crossed half a million while he was still president, didn't we?
1: That or shortly thereafter. I don't remember the exact timing on it.
0: Well, either way, lots and lots of people died because of his leadership, and we were too busy dealing with the new threat we might be able to stop and not the legislatively locked up threat of gun violence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on to the myths.
1: Well, let's do a quick, quick summary. The first myth that we have here is that gun violence is down. This one's a little bit nuanced. We'll get into that. Second is banning guns won't work. Bans don't work for drugs. The next myth is banning guns is pointless because it converts it to knife violence. Next is good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. (laughs) There's a funny anecdote for that one. Next one is increases safety useful for home defense. Next is we don't need more laws. We need better enforcement. And next is, we'll use it to fight tyranny. And next one is, mental health funding will prevent gun violence. And the last one is, more gun training can solve this problem. Beef bus. Beef bus, yes.
0: So, on to the first myth. Gun violence is down. This one, uh, when we dug into the sources, we actually found some interesting and contradictory information. So, we actually had to dig in quite a bit. Yeah. Because it is true, violence in general is down. Mm -hmm. There's lots of possible explanations. Fewer boomers, fewer Republicans. Wait. (laughs) Uh, For serious explanations, more education. Whenever education goes up, that seems to put a dampen, or it seems to dampen the violence. Yep. We do have record spending on police. So if police are stopping the problem, that might be impacting it. We don't have good evidence on that at the moment.
1: I'm personally a little skeptical, but I understand the logic. Sure.
0: I just bring that one up because the next one I was going to bring up is really far out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to blame lead legislation in house construction codes.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. There's actually a lot of really good evidence to suggest that lead poisoning, particularly during critical development years, can reduce cognition and increase violence in a population that's exposed to it.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to. We're not going to look into sources for that for the show. Yeah,
1: that's another episode thing.
0: But there are a ton of Mm reasons why violence could and should be down. Just society's getting safer and we're getting better at building a better society. Violence being down doesn't mean gun violence is down. And actually, depending on what sources and how you look at it, you can get really nuanced definitions that show different things. Like uh, the Office of Justice Bureau. Is that what it is? The Bureau of the Office of Justice. Um.
1: Bureau of Justice Statistics.
0: You can slam any three Bureau, statistic, whatever type words together and get some real part of our government.
1: Probably, yeah. Close to.
0: Okay, so the Office of Justice Statistics.
1: I'm looking right at Bureau of Justice Statistics right now.
0: Why is it OJP? Oh, that's two different things.
1: The Office of Justice Programs, one of which is the Bureau of Justice Statistics,
0: they both have their own .gov, and we cite them both in the show notes. We have verified these guys' as sources, and they have some interest, interesting statistics yep. that show that actually non-fatal gun crimes is down, and it's kind of impressive. If you look at the chart, it starts in, uh, was it the 90s? Mm-hmm. And trends to 2011, and mostly trends down. It's, it sort of levels out, and when you read how they assemble their data, which is usually lost by the time it turns into a news article... It includes every crime in a self-reporting survey. So they contact as many people as they can, and they ask if they were in crimes, and they self-report whether or not they saw a gun. And if they did, it counts as a gun crime. So if I'm stealing a, a baby, a baby's lollipop, I wouldn't need a gun for that. I'm a physically fit adult, know, I can take a lollipop from a baby. I don't need a gun, right? But if I lean over and you see my gun, that counts as a gun crime. And it's where the victim saw a gun, right? So... If a cop had a gun, that might count. If a gun was unrelated, that'll count. And that is one very accurate way or one very valid way to count this. But it doesn't help with what people think of as gun violence. Mm -hmm. Because when we're talking about gun violence, we're talking about we used a gun.
1: Yeah. Usually people imagine the gun actually being discharged. In such cases
0: oh you mean when people are talking about gun violence yeah. they're imagining the gun has been discharged yes whereas this would include uh, accounts of pistol whipping yes eh, that's gun violence right yes and it would count for this even if it wasn't a real gun if i pistol whipped you with a let's say a desert eagle replica and it couldn't shoot we're tracked
1: and it is important also to clarify that the this initial information is coming largely from the, the Justice Department and is crime-focused, and our other sources that lean a different direction come from uh, a different reporting body, the CDC.
0: And even other places that track things, because I know that uh, there are other groups that track this by going directly to law enforcement. Most people are concerned about deaths, so the CDC is a big one. Mm-hmm. We also have the Gun Violence Archive. And if you look at their st- their numbers or how they're counting it, right, a gun crime or gun violence is I shot you with a gun. Whereas if I if, if I were to approach Mako and be like, Hey, you should give me your wallet, and I just kind of you know pull my jacket back a little bit so he can see my holstered Desert Eagle replica, that counts yep. a crime they'll track. But the CDC doesn't care that I've threatened him, even though that is a that is a crime and I shouldn't be threatening him to take his wallet. It'll get counted by the office. Of justice
1: statistics. (laughs) The Bureau of Justice statistics.
0: But more importantly, gun death is absolutely up, and gun injuries appear to be up. (laughs) They seem to have spiked in 2018 or 2017, but the past three or four years are definitely up from years before that. When you look at injuries, when you look at hospitalization, when you look at domestic abuse, anything other than the definition that includes a gun being present at the crime scene. So, These are all factually true, and reconciling this can be very difficult. It took me and Mako quite some time teasing through this to be like, is this source legit?
1: Yeah, more time than I think we've had to with any other claim we've made on the podcast so far.
0: Yeah, usually it's just get a bunch of sources and sometimes investigate funding, see what's going on.
1: Yeah, we had to spend like just 10 minutes looking up a definition in order to make clarifications. Yeah,
0: just to get the definition that that, you know, if they see a gun, which is what we suspected, but we didn't want to say that without very carefully vetting that. So thank you, Pew Research, and that source, and the Gun Violence Archive, and Statista. Uh, These are all in the sources. We link to the uh, full special tabulation and a bunch of different charts that show all this. Gun death, gun violence is up the way we think of gun violence, but gun crime, as defined by the Office of... Bureau, labor, department, <laughs> justice, agency, justice, You'll get there eventually. statistics. Close enough. Yeah, according to them, gun crime, non fatal gun crime is down. Mm-hmm. Even per them, fatal gun crime is up. So the things we think of as violence, definitely on the rise. Yeah. Um, to put that in scale, though, the. OJP's gun crime numbers in 1993 started at 1.4 million or so per year and they're down to about half a million. It's leveled out maybe 400,000 something like that. So that's a huge number, right? You know, every time somebody was coerced with a gun being brandished, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of crime and that's good that that's down. On the flip side, in 2000, so 10 years later, we had about 30,000 gun deaths and in more recent years it's closer to 40,000 gun deaths in the US per year. And that's across a ton of different sources these charts are super easy to find and we link to statista who uses the cdc but we have other verifications gun violence archive goes straight to law enforcement agencies they corroborate it mm-hmm. so uh unless you like gun death going up at the cost of brandishing guns gun violence definitely is not down
1: it's yeah or yeah it's definitely not where we want it to be at all next myth Ugh. So one person primarily instigated it. I've referred to death in the past a few times. He's the one that originally referred to it as a beef bus. Let's mute our phones. Banning guns won't work. Bans don't work for drugs.
0: <sighs> so first some logic before we dig into our
1: sources. Would you agree that guns and drugs are different? Uh, d- yes, of course. And I-, I kind of on the surface of it, I understand like trying to think of it in some kind of absolute terms and like uh, people will think of things like prohibition as a an example of how bans don't work but that doesn't really apply to guns for a number of reasons like we can look at other countries and we can see that their gun bans kind of work or absolutely work depending on the country we're looking at and
0: so before you you're about to dig into evidence i can i can feel it okay sticking with the logic Right. Mm-hmm. Guns don't grow on trees. No. Some drugs grow on trees. Yes. You can't ban alcohol because it literally grows in plants. You could take anything that grows on a tree and turn it into booze. That's part of why prohibition failed. And I think that's a great place to look for comparison. Right. alcohol's easy to make. Right? It was one of the first inventions. We might have had it before agriculture. I don't know. But I mean, agriculture, beer and fire, like they're right up there with the Internet for things that we probably shouldn't have invented.
1: (laughs) Wait. Yeah, whatever. I'll stick to that. Yeah. Yeah, it has gone. Science has gone a little bit too far there, but that's fine.
0: Yeah, we don't need fire. I think we do. I wish the viewer could see Mako's face. I wish the viewer was a viewer. I'm a movie producer now. Mm. Uh, Other logic. Sticking the logic train before we dig into evidence. Even the drugs that are more artificial, like crack or meth, you know, these things that you need chemicals to produce, they're made out of things that are cheap and easy to buy. Guns are made out of metal. Mm-hmm. can be a black, blacksmith and forge things at home. But what's more common, people who own smithing equipment or people who own Sudafed, right? Yep. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, Sudafed, you can take the pseudoephedrine and do something with it to turn it into crystal meth. Yep. I don't know the process, but I know it, it can be done. And on the extreme end of this, there's a drug called crocodile
1: oh boy
0: just wanted to get the logic out of the way first yeah crocodile's horrible it was first found and discovered in russia and when you you use it by injecting it and if you miss the vein it's made of a bunch of caustic chemicals and dissolves your skin and it scabs up and gets kind of hard so you have to inject another spot if you want to keep getting high and the high doesn't last very long
1: just long enough Hmm? about 30 minutes
0: just long enough to to bake up another batch and Almost certainly, you have everything in your home or apartment right now to make everything, provided you have common things like household cleaners and matches, Mm -hmm. right? you Take the red phosphorus, you do some stuff with it, with some bleach. Or if you're living the bachelor life, you might not have cleaning equipment. I didn't.
1: So the overall point here is that... We can't make guns as easily as we can make these other things. Totally. The one counterpoint I do think of off the top of my head is uh, the 3D printed gun. I believe that's called the Liberator.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting point. That is a real issue. But even 3D printers are a little harder to deal with, you know, a $2 tub of bleach. Yeah. Uh, also say the federal government has done some interesting things trying to get the Liberator off the Internet that I don't, I don't entirely agree with. I'm, I'm a big fan of free speech. But man, the Liberator, there's some edge case there. And I'm, hmm, I really don't know where I stand on all that. All that said, the Liberator still doesn't, it won't fire indefinitely.
1: Yeah, it's limited use.
0: Right? You're literally making a gun out of plastic. And if you hadn't said Liberator, I was going to go to a potato gun (laughs) to mock this idea. Because you can get multiple shots out of a Liberator if you use high enough quality PLA, Mm -hmm. right? And I'll look up a source that describes this. And I'll add a correction later if I'm wrong. Not quite a correction but it is possible to 3D-print a receiver, the restricted part of a gun, and purchase metal replacement parts and mount those in your 3D-printed receiver. This doesn't work for every model of gun, but people have successfully done it with an AR-15 and cannot do it with an AK-47. See a pretty spectacular explosion in the show notes. This is easier than smithing your own gun, but still harder than making drugs. And now, back to the gun myth in progress. And that's a whole lot less dangerous, this... Hacked together thing, than let's say an AR15 with a 30-round magazine and a red dot site. yeah right so these professionally made guns, are just so much more dangerous and better, and the liberator is dangerous to the person who printed it, right If it's going to blow up and hurt anyone, it's going to hurt them. Same with drugs like crocodile. Crocodile's crazy dangerous, but it's dangerous to the person who's using it. The liberator's crazy dangerous to the person who's using it, and that wasn't the goal with crocodile. It's the goal to do a little bit of uh, damage to your brain to get high. It's not the goal with guns. It's to damage the other guy, other person. We can be equal opportunity with our shootings, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, sorry. I totally diverted us for a while there.
1: Finishing the, the thought that I was stumbling on earlier. This actually applies to most of the myths that we are going to be discussing. Is that even if you think in the absolute sense that uh, the gun ban won't work because then guns will just go underground or to the black market and etc etc reducing gun ownership will make the country a safer place and we have a lot of data for that so even if it's less than perfect as long as it gets better it's still arguably a worthwhile endeavor
0: and there are intuitive reasons to believe that if fewer people own guns then the free market price of guns is going to go up yeah right and the black market is definitionally a free market you're circumventing laws to be more free. Mm-hmm. Uh, On to evidence and sources. Yep. Okay. We have five sources. I link to a description of Crocodile. We have an article from Vox that has just really pretty charts that cover some of the data from the other places. We have Wikipedia just to get a quick listing of shooting shootings and gun violence per capita. Uh, they use per uh, incidents per 100,000. Uh, we link to the BBC describing how Japan functionally eradicated gun crime, and a testimony from a gun buyer in Japan who wanted to shoot a gun. And we're not even going on the topic of bans here, because you can have a gun in Japan. They treat it like an object that can kill people and legislate it appropriately.
1: Yeah, I was reading through one of the sources and they do a lot of stuff like every single cartridge, every single bit of ammunition is accounted for. You have to return all your old cartridges in order to buy new ammunition. You have to renew your license for or permit for owning a gun every, I think, three years. And there's no abridged version of the test after you pass all the tests once you have to redo all the tests every time so it's hyper strict and it's working for them
0: yeah and to continue this trend of just the strictness of the gun laws there's one other source in the show notes the overview of gun laws by nation uh, on wikipedia it just has a nice color-coded red guns are totally banned blue no permit required and it makes it really easy to take a look at the list on where firearm-related deaths happen and see that, for the most part, the places with the cooler colors, the fewer restrictions, have more death than the places with more restrictions. Mm-hmm. And Japan's pretty red. It's not as red as China, where I'm pretty sure guns are just banned. They don't give a shit about your freedom to own a gun. Especially when you might point the gun at a loyal communist party member. They don't want even the chance of that. Yep. Yeah, we have these charts where you're just not allowed to own these things. I, I listed everything above us from this site. We don't want to list them all in terms of, like, the numbers. But all these countries have between... They all have more than 20 incidents per 100,000 people, but it's Venezuela, El Salvador, Eswatini, Jamaica, Honduras, Guatemala, and Brazil. Oh, and Colombia, the go-to place for 80s movies about drugs. Indeed. Colombia only has 20.38 gun shooting incidents per 100,000 people per year. 20. 20, right? So if Colombia had a million people... There'd be 200 of them. Now, something all these countries seem to have in common to me is they're all poor countries, right? When I mean poor, I mean like their GDP per capita is really low. I don't mean that as an insult, just
1: it's be... objectively true.
0: Yeah, the United States just has a lot of money. These countries, some of them have literally failed economies or have otherwise imploded, right? Some of these are run by crime groups. And Venezuela is a shit show. That's why it's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're at 12. We are the next one that would go on this list. So we're in the top 10. 12 per 100,000. Behind us is Uruguay, then Mexico. The country that is a third taken over by cartels has 11.5 incidents per 100,000 people. And we have 12 incidents per 100,000 people. Looking at this, MS-13 makes your country safer. I mean, clearly that's not fucking true.
1: No, no. But based off of this one data point, it would certainly suggest as much.
0: So a lot of talking points in politics skip this rich-poor divide among countries. When you look at our numbers, you might say, oh, the United States is, you know, 50th in education out of 280 countries or whatever. That's really good. We're in the top half. But then if you go and look at, you know, the numbers, you need to tease out where the developed countries were, the not developed countries. And on a lot of these indicators, we're lagging. Right? We're like the worst of the developed countries. But, you know, being in that developed category is still a whole lot better. But on this, we are down in a mess of not developed countries. It's, it's really screwed up. Mm-hmm. And we already went to Japan. They're at 0.02 incidents per 100,000 people. Yep. Which means that if Japan had a million people in it, they'd have a fifth of an incident every year. So every fifth year they'd have an incident. They have functionally eradicated it. Uh, some other countries that might be relevant. Uh, Canada is within a rounding error of two. Germany is it three times more than Japan. 0.06 gun incidents per 100,000 people. Yeah, this is a problem we can solve, and all the rich countries have solved it. Or at least they've done better than us. Because even Canada, they don't have a ban. They just have some more rules than us, right? You need a special permit to have a handgun, yeah. and you need a good reason. So you can't just say, I want a gun. But to get a rifle there, you can just get it if you want when you still need a permit for the tracking. And we have a lot of neither. There are tons of, of places where you don't need a permit to do either. And just, Sorry, way off in the weeds for other things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all these places that have good rules also don't have the problem or the problem is mitigated. Yep. I, don't know, I did a lot of talking there. Did I run over you at any
1: point, Mako? No, you're fine. You're fine. In Canada, it does have a lot more rules. Uh but avid gun owners are not really hampered too much by these additional rules. This is a somewhat anecdotal, but I actually knew somebody in Canada personally that had a pretty impressive gun collection. Uh, the first time I found out that they had a gun collection, I wondered if they immigrated to Canada uh, from the United States. And they were mildly offended by the suggestion. Uh, no, they were full-blood <laughs> Canadian Ah, uh, but they they had a collection of guns, and they were a gun enthusiast, and they did everything responsibly. So I mean, it's not like Canada is oppressive towards gun ownership. It's not.
0: Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot to clamp down on most of it, and you don't have to completely solve the problem to save a lot of lives. Yeah, right. Like we could just have, and we'll dig into this more later, but we could have more background checks. We could have. You now people keep putting forward magazine restrictions. I don't like the idea of magazine restrictions, but you know that's better than not having them. Yep. But we don't have good evidence for that. Maybe that one's wrong. Maybe magazine restrictions don't change anything.
2: No,
1: they're usually when people bring up magazine restrictions, they bring up situations like Columbine where they had a duffel bag of loaded guns and they just switched guns instead of reloading.
0: Yeah, so there's no way to look at it where restrictions don't work. It's just too easy to make other comparable products and too hard to make guns. Yep, it just isn't easy to make them. So if you clamp down on it, it gets harder. And other countries show this. All the links for this will be in the, the notes.
1: Beef plus, yes.
0: There are so many jokes I want to make here. But yes. There is some limit to poor taste, even here. You
1: should probably refrain from Next myth. Oh, boy. Banning guns is pointless because it just converts it to knife violence. This is kind of a broad claim that I take a little bit of an issue with. So I have no doubt. No doubt at all. Whatsoever. That if we were to look at a number of different countries that introduced some kind of gun ban or gun restriction and we saw the gun crime go down, that you would see like knife attacks going up. Like, that's not a difficult thing for me to believe. I, I didn't bother looking it up because it's not really a worthwhile claim to look up in my opinion, but... Yeah, you're granting the people
0: who disagree with us a free point. Yeah.
1: I would hope they wouldn't want a source for that. So, like, sure, I, I, I can accept that statement at face value, but to try to make the assertion that knife violence, uh, for, for one, knife violence is going to go up an equivalent amount, one to one, to the amount of gun violence that is lost seems like a bogus claim. And then even... If you are saying that, the next problem is there's no way you can say that knives are as lethal as guns.
0: Yeah. Guns are a purpose-built tool to kill something at the other end of them. That's it. That's their purpose. Yeah. And people want to say it's for defense. It's for killing an attacker. If you're saying a gun is for defense, you're just rephrasing, a gun is for killing someone attacking you or something you care about. Mm -hmm. Humanity has gotten as far as it has by building tools. We built a tool to kill things. Of course it's good at killing things.
1: Yeah, Even if you were to ban guns and you were to see knife violence increase, it's pretty easy to assert that there's going to be a reduction in overall lethality in crime, and that's still a, a better place than where we are now. That's still a good thing. The reason this one got
0: into uh, the list isn't because of anything that's happened recently. Last time I had a big, huge argument about gun violence, uh, London had recently really clamped down on guns, and they had a this surge of knife violence you're talking about. People said this all converts, and it somehow had more knife crime, and the police can't stop a guy with a knife, and all these idiotic claims.
1: What? Police can't stop someone with a knife?
0: Well, they had this video when it was stupid, and the guy was running around, and cops didn't just taser him. Okay, sure. Whatever. You know what? If the cops have guns, they can just... A good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a knife. I'll agree to that.
1: That's pretty straightforward, yeah.
0: People like to go to London, because London feels unsafe to a lot of people and it has a lot of knife violence because they have criminals like any city and it's not as good or clean and has a lot of the problems the u.s has so they have income inequality and a growing poor underclass and people get knifed Mm -hmm. but even with all of that you have and let's go back to the per hundred thousand numbers 1.6 deaths per hundred thousand people per year i'm sorry it's 1.6 deaths Uh, in violence per 100,000 people. It's 1.6 homicides in London. But then looking at a bunch of American cities, New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Philadelphia, Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Antonio, San Diego, and Dallas, all have much more deaths to violence per capita. And because those are all American cities, they all have guns. Uh, There's even fueling some of this disevidentia is misleading charts. CNN, you are technically accurate. and You have this chart where it shows London with a big red bar that represents how violent it is. Then you show all these other things that are rural areas. Of course there aren't knifings in rural <laughs> areas. When is it we're going to stab the cow? Yeah,
1: run over people with your tractor, maybe. Drive-by tractor knifing? I don't give them ideas. <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> everyone involved.
0: Like tra- Tractors look slow, but you can get those up to like 30, 40 miles an hour. That's more than enough to chase
1: someone. I agree guess on foot sure
0: <laughs> no i, I like I like, to, I like to knife people in their car i just stab the window maybe their window
1: is down i don't fucking know right, so you pull up to burger king and instead of a burger they give you a stab it could happen if someone can throw what was it an alligator through a drive through window no fair bringing up florida
0: <laughs> yeah so florida man paid for something at a drive through with a fucking alligator he threw a, a baby alligator in after he got the food and didn't pay So, yeah, yeah, in theory, Burger King could have stabbed him back. Yup. Yeah. (sighs) Yup. Yup. Just saying, the world's crazy. Okay, on, on the world being crazy, Japan's gun laws are so effective, they now have a crossbow problem. Um, indeed. In the past 10 years, crossbow violence has been on the rise, and they've had a grand total of 32 crossbow shootings in the past 10 years. Out of all 30, 40, 50 million people living in Japan, 30 crossbow incidents. That's about
1: 31 more than I'd expect. You expect one? Well, I mean,
0: you have to expect one. If I misspoke there, it's 32 crossbow shootings. Yep. You have to expect one? Okay.
1: You have to expect one.
0: So I guess the Yakuza is actually deterred by a bunch of the gun ownership laws, and when they need someone dead, they crossbow them. Yeah. Incidentally, we already have more crossbow violence than Japan. I pulled up some numbers, but just for an example, I linked to an MSN article where a man was arrested... For shooting someone with a crossbow. Yeah, he shot a woman with a crossbow. Oh, maybe that plays into the domestic violence statistics we mm. pulled up for one of the other myths. So if we didn't get to them all, the Daily Beast was our source for Japan and the Yakuza crossbows. <laughs> MSN for a crossbow example in the US. Statista has good uh, statistics on how big gun violence is compared to knife violence now. More to Mako's point about would they convert one to one? That would mean a, a like a pentupling of, of knife violence. Yep. Uh, cnn has a good article about london and their crime rates but then they have a terrible chart we've linked to both of them
1: did i gloss over anything i have a beef bus the next one funny dumb anecdote associated with this uh, the assertion that a good guy with a gun stops bad guy with a gun and i am now cursed to forever think of kindergartens. When I hear this.
0: We'll just cite that here. Go check out Who is America
1: by uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. He pretty much tries to pitch the idea of arming kindergartners with lethal guns. And this is supposed to jumpstart uh, gun safety and deterring would-be criminals. It was is how he pitches it. And he pitches it to people who don't realize that he's being facetious. And it's good.
0: It's good. That segment is pretty amazing. Did we want to discuss any points of logic before we dived into the evidence?
1: Probably one of the the more commonly repeated and coherent uh, immediate responses to the very sentence is that it kind of hinges on this overblown Hollywood style justice fantasy that people feel like they can fulfill. I mean, there's I don't have good numbers on this because there's no good way to ask the question. But there is almost certainly many people who bought a gun with the idea in mind that they would stop the next mass shooting. And that's just not how that plays out. Hardly ever.
0: Yeah, mass shootings are exceedingly rare. Even with definitions of like two people getting shot, that's not a common occurrence. Yeah. And I had a long conversation with one of our listeners a few months ago, and I actually walked him through the math and I urged him to get his own sources and urged him to produce his own things, just asking him a bunch of questions. He started off very pro-gun and I got him to calculate the chances of his home being invaded and him being home. And then him wanting to defend himself and just compare that to the chance of him shooting himself with a gun. Yep. It was exceedingly low that he would be home because home invasions are super rare and all these things are super rare. And shooting yourself with a gun is like, you know, some huge fraction of gun or like do it at some point. Maybe not shoot themselves, but they injure themselves with a gun. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go deeper into that in another myth because this isn't that. One other piece of logic. There's no good way for a guy with a gun to stop the shooter if it's a suicide. Yeah. There's only three ways you can be injured with a gun the way we track these things. It's suicide, an accident, or a homicide. A good guy with a gun can stop a homicide. But the more people with guns, the more chance of an accident you have. Even if we presume that everybody's perfect, and they're not. Even if we presume that everyone leaves the safety on, and they don't. Even if we presume that everyone unloads the gun correctly, and they don't. Even if we presume everyone stores their gun in safes, and they don't. Even if we presume that everyone cleans and maintains their guns, prevent accidental discharge or malfunction that prevents discharge, and they don't, even if we presume all of that, two people with guns are going to have about twice as many accidents as one person with a gun. Ten million people with guns are going to have more accidents than one million people with guns. Yep. It's accidents, it's right there in the word. Accidents happen. If your plan counts on no accidents ever happening, it's a bad plan.
1: Yeah, you're leaving the door wide open for accidents, and that applies to everything.
0: Any human endeavor involves humans, so there's going to be fuck-ups. We're not perfect. Yeah. So of those three categories, accidents, suicides, and homicides, the good guy with the gun can't help with suicides. I guess he could turn it into a homicide. (laughs) That's probably not... It doesn't really help our goal, but maybe maybe this guy has some other goal, right? The terrible
1: joke that Hitler wasn't so bad, he killed Hitler.
0: Well, I'll give Hitler points for killing Hitler. Yeah, so adding more good guys with guns increases the amount of accidents, doesn't decrease the amount of suicides, arguably increases the amount of suicides. And segueing into another point, it does that because of this awesome thing Mako found. This uh, true Reddit discussion? Did you want to talk about that for a moment?
1: Oh, wow. That one, Okay that up real quick so on true reddit subreddit there was a post entitled the myth of the good guy with the gun and it links to a politico article but the top poster says that he is a a cfp holder and he goes on to say that pardon what is cfp certified financial planner so he can hold certified financial planners So I think he has a concealed uh, firearm permit or something along those lines. So the commenter is a legal gun owner and he goes on to say that he hates to say it, which I'm kind of skeptical of, uh, but he doesn't carry his firearm in order to protect you. He carries it to protect himself. He's not going to rush towards gunfire or insert himself into conflict because he has a gun, his gun is an absolute last resort to keep himself alive. So,
0: unsurprisingly, this one person is greedy with their own life. He doesn't want to risk his life to be the good guy with a gun and stop a mass shooting. He's just going to run away.
1: I'm not sure greedy is the best word to describe him at this point. entirely reasonable.
0: But lots of people are imagining the good guy with a gun as some kind of hero. Some sort of... yeah know beacon of justice and heroism standing on a hill to come down and rescue us and
1: he has opted out of good guy status
0: i guess but <laughs> did he
1: by this definition
0: by the definition of run into a gunfight yeah and i have to imagine that that's a lot of people most people who own a gun don't want to get shot yeah to hammer on the good guy with a gun myth in this most recent shooting in colorado the march 13th shooting one of the good guys with a gun was a police officer and a, a cop died yeah I suppose we could in theory arm everyone and anytime somebody got uppity and started shooting, that person would get shot, but at the cost of a lot of innocent people dying. It's the good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun myth. It It doesn't fit anywhere at all it's not it's not intellectually coherent unless you're okay with just lots of people dying because the implicit argument that shooting the person is the ideal solution and we could stop this with lots of other things beforehand Mm -hmm. if the bad guy didn't have a gun and he's freaking out with a knife we could taser him if he has some stress in his life and doesn't know how to react if he doesn't have a gun We have the opportunity opportunity to talk them down. If they have something less lethal, crowds of people might stop them and might not die in the process. I will not, me personally, I will not approach someone who has a gun and is shooting. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's going on a punching spree, I'll step in to stop that. I'll get punched. I've been there. It sucks, but, you know, it's not getting shot.
1: Yeah, you have experienced martial arts, so. I
0: I wasn't even going there. I just have a protective layer of fat.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: Oh, that was a huge mistake. They don't know that I'm not ripped. They they can't see me. Mm Mm-hmm. So imagine somebody who's very ripped, and they're punching my rock-hard abs, and there's no squishing noises at all. It's not jiggling. It's rock-hard abs. I'm getting punched and defending people. Sure. <laughs> I can't do that with a gun, right? There's no no amount of, of fat or abs that stops bullets. Without people getting hurt. Mako's giving me side-eye here.
1: Well, I'm just thinking, there, there probably is some upper end limit, but, I mean, can life sustain that? I don't know put 15 Mike Tysons in a row and the the 14th Mike
0: Tyson doesn't get shot because the first 13 stop the bullet
1: i mean i wasn't really thinking Mike Tyson but uh or even individual people but it's something along those lines yeah there has to be some upper-ended limit
0: uh more confusing this let's say you see somebody with a gun how do you know if they're a good guy with a gun or a bad guy with a gun you don't in some ideal world maybe we could label everyone give them uniforms if they're supposed to have guns Maybe a badge that indicates they should have a gun. And then when we see them, we don't have to freak
1: out. In a universe where you can just look at the color of their lightsaber and determine good or evil, so much simpler.
0: Wow. That's a really sideways way to approach police violence. The color of their lightsaber.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I get that giving police guns isn't, and not having guns for everyone else doesn't make people of color feel better. But these two problems can both be fixed. We can make our police forces more accountable so we can't trust them with guns. And I also notice it tends to be the rich white Republicans being the ones clamoring for fewer gun restrictions. Well... So it's already people who presumably trust the police.
1: There's some of the more louder ones, Ooh. but uh, anecdotally, rural people also are big on gun rights.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And that lines up with my perceptions about the demographics here because i very infrequently see people of color clamoring for more guns it's always some some very angry white guy clearly wants to shoot black people god this is so touchy i didn't want to get on race here
1: it's uh difficult not to
0: yeah this so much of this is hinges on that if we say that only cops should have guns we have to address police shooting black people that's not cool yeah right i would argue that uh if the police officers couldn't say, I thought he had a gun and then shot him. There'd be a lot less black people getting shot. It is the police officers' individual racism that makes that incident happen and why people like this Colorado shooter get taken in alive and why a lot of black people don't. But if guns weren't prevalent in the population, they couldn't stand behind that flimsy defense. The person they wanted to shoot didn't have a gun. They wouldn't be immediately justified. Mm-hmm. This is so messy.
1: And I guess probably final point to this myth uh in the politico article we they they also mention a short list of mass shootings and i i'm not going to give like a percentage of mass shootings that this applies to but there were a number of mass shootings where somebody did show up with a gun and quote-unquote stopped the mass shooting but when you look at the details and the timing of the alleged good guy it is after they were leaving or surrendering or they had ran out of ammo like after the threat was already exhausted that they show up with a gun when the the shooter could have been subdued with a simple tackle let alone a gun so when you hear stories about how somebody was the good guy with the gun you do need to be a little bit critical of the circumstances
0: yeah i totally agree We don't have good examples. We just don't have good examples of good guys with guns stopping bad guys with guns. Going back to that uniform situation, it's what they did in Japan. Off-duty police officers can't even have guns. It's you're a cop in uniform or you don't get a gun. Full stop. And that's, I'm not saying we should do that here, but I'm just saying that this myth is bullshit. It's a myth, right? Yeah. There are too many, too many people who can turn into bad guys. Too many corner case people. Too many people looking out for only themselves. Yeah, on to the next myth. Uh, we should figure that out and edit the episode real quick. Yeah, sure. I'll look it up right now. Hold on. In this myth, guns increase safety. They're useful for home defense.
1: <laughs> There's a few things wrong with this. Uh, anytime you're talking about gun ownership increasing safety it is a bit of an oxymoron cuz okay if you're using specifically for self defense then you are directly acknowledging you are in an unsafe environment that's
0: that's true i was just going to default to their tools for killing and destroying let's add a whole bunch of that for safety yeah it's like let's go on a rampage of fucking for virginity or you know what if we burn all the fossil fuels the climate won't be able to change anymore mm. i i mean they can't see your galaxy brain motions.
1: Uh, one day.
0: Uh, what do you mean one day? We could buy a camera. Yeah. We just both agreed we have a face for podcasting.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Get an animator. <laughs>
0: uh, so points of logic. I interrupted you.
1: No, no, I was pretty much done with my one point of logic. Okay.
0: One other thing that when people are talking about safety right they ignore suicide like so many things in this country we ignore everything related to mental health
1: mm, regrettably
0: and impulse suicide is a real thing and we have higher gun suicides than other places and if your house doesn't have a gun it's really hard to commit suicide
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean most houses don't have a gun i'd argue most people don't have a lot of rope you can improvise a rope if you're going to try to hang yourself i guess but who goes out on you know 100 feet of ethernet cable
1: so there are a bunch of easy ways to go about killing yourself but like uh, when we're talking about impulse the easier and the faster it is to accomplish the more susceptible it is to impulse totally and like probably one of the other pretty quick ways you could get yourself killed even outside of what you described as uh operating heavy machinery like taking a car and wrapping it around a pole that especially without a seat belt that's got some pretty good odds
0: i mean even there a seatbelt might save you we society has acknowledged cars are dangerous and we have safety belts and uh yeah if you crumple zones
1: yeah yeah so and i mean if you were committed to this presumably you could disable the mechanism for the the airbag deployment but that's really committed. You could
0: cover your airbag and ball bearings.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah. Let's just turn your steering wheel into a claymore. Nothing wrong with that. But Goodness, that's
0: horrible. Why did I say that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but each of these things, every single one of these steps that we're discussing, it adds more time, and the more time you add, the the less susceptible it is to impulse. Like even if you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna impulsively start working on this. By the time you're halfway through it, you're gonna be like. Eh, let's go get a Big Mac instead.
0: Yeah, and then you hit the little security pole by the by the Burger King, and, and you set off your steering wheel claymore.
1: Maybe, but
0: but yeah, but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I mean, a knife requires a whole lot of pain and dedication, a lot of pills. Right? Most pills won't kill you, right? You can, you shouldn't, and do not. But if you eat a whole bottle of Tylenol, you're probably not going to die. Right? You will suffer. You will probably throw a bunch of that up. Mm -hmm. and you can go to the hospital and like regret that right there's no halfway part when a gun's going through your face where you can decide to go to the hospital you you fully committed
2: yeah
1: guns are fast easy and incredibly lethal they are just uh, just pretty much perfect (laughs) i shouldn't say perfect okay man yeah
0: they're an optimal tool for killing oneself
1: uh impulsively impulsively yes
0: okay they're an optimal tool for killing oneself impulsively yeah, I totally agree. A- anything else requires steps. Rope, you need a noose and a place to hang yourself from. Freaking chemicals, most chemicals aren't that lethal. If you chug bleach, you'll throw it up. Yep. Frickin' you have to build something or do something or do something very painful to get the job done most of the time. And it's just, suicides go down when guns aren't around and we have sources for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other logic before we step onto real sources here? No. So you mentioned that People do this because they feel safe. We actually have a source for that. Uh, UC Davis goes over a, uh, a firearm study and they just surveyed people who, who do and don't have guns and ask if they feel safe or if they don't feel safe. And there's a real measurable difference. People say they feel safer when they have a gun compared to when they don't have a gun if they're a gun owner. Yeah. So gun owners feel safer around their guns. And just looking at the numbers, this isn't true. You're more likely to be in a gun accident. You're more likely to commit suicide if you have one.
1: Yeah. Differences between perception and reality. I I fully believe these people think they're safer. It's just not true.
0: I would even argue this isn't evidential. I would presume most of these people just haven't seen any evidence. Or they haven't thought it through all the way. Because I've had little trouble convincing most gun owners that gun accidents are more possible when a gun is present than when guns are not present. Right? Even even the most disevidential adult person will agree to that. Pretty straightforward. There's no gun. You can't shoot the gun. And in addition to accidents and suicides, one thing that surprised me that I just didn't think about, like, uh, I'm going to sound like an obnoxious, privileged, leftist snowflake, but being white, male, and having enough money to start a podcast on a whim put me in a position where I don't need to worry about being the victim of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of domestic abuse, and it's amplified when guns are involved. And a lot of women in this survey, this is a uh, uh, titled Weapons in the Lives of Bad Batter- women and it's a government study and they just went through and asked a bunch of women who were in shelters and they went to shelters and, and, and asked questions and gathered hard data but something like 71.4 percent something like the exact percentage uh, of women report guns being used in their domestic abuse now this isn't shootings generally but there was talk of being hit with the weapon uh being shot near and primarily being threatened with it so this would be the kinds of crimes that would be tracked by the Office of Journal Bureau Statistics?
1: The Bureau of Justice Statistics.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'll get it. One of these days. Eventually. And this is a like serious and real kind of crime. Threatening your spouse with a gun to, to get something. Domestic abuse is not ever justified, but it's so much worse with a gun. Yep. Just having a gun pointed at you is pretty emotional. It's a terrifying experience knowing that the person on the other end can just pull the trigger and you're done. Gah. Sorry, I had to pause there for a moment. I've had guns pointed at me twice.
1: Yep. One of those was when you were working with a defense contractor, as I recall.
0: Oh yeah, twice I've worked with defense contractors. The first time I was working for a small company called ATEC, who was contracting for tech systems who was contracting for Northrop Grumman, who was actually doing work for the Air Force Weather Service. And I was seated at Offit Air Force Base at the Air Force Weather Central Headquarters. There was an official name, but it was one of those big acronyms. I'll get wrong again. Just like the Office of Justice Bureau something.
1: Bureau of Justice Statistics.
0: Bureau of Justice Agency.
1: Bureau of Justice Statistics.
0: You know what? It's not important. You're interrupting the anecdote. Okay. So here I was at Air Force Weather Headquarters and I was writing software to help this. I was processing terabytes of information and data and evidence about how weather worked. Mm -hmm. And that was what I did every day. I went in there for the duration of this contract. One day I was showing up late. I cleared it with my boss and everything, and they decided to do an active shooter drill. They don't tell you about this. They just send in special military police. They do it different each time. Sometimes they actually come in with Nerf guns and shoot people. (laughs) The way it works is if you're shot, they tell you to sit down and stay there, right? Right. And it's actually kind of fun if you get over the trauma of a guy jumping you while you're trying to work and everyone gets to practice going to the uh, bathroom and locking themselves in or hiding under their desk, or sheltering in place and everyone secures everything, right? That's not the team I ran into. I didn't run into the red team, the group of people attacking the place. I ran into one of the guys on the blue team, the team defending the place. This guy had a live M16, and I was just pulling into the parking lot, right? I just got done coming onto the onto the, the base. I, I passed through the gate, showed my ID card and everything, proved I'm, I'm a contractor and supposed to be there. I'm like, oh, well, that's a lot of lights. I wonder what all, the, what all these blue flashing lights mean. Because they're military police. They're not normal police. They don't have the blue and red. <laughs> And they blocked off one way into the parking lot. I didn't even notice because I was busy looking at you know something else. Right. You know, the flashing lights at the one end. And I'm like, wow, there must have been like, you know, an, an incident just on the other side of the building. Yep. So I drive around to the back where I work. You don't put the software developers in front. We're not photogenic. No. I drove around to the back. I parked. I get out of the car and this airman with this M16 runs up to me. My eyes aren't the best. Again, more of why I'm in podcasting instead of instead of video. Right. He's blurry at a distance and he's waving and doing stuff and i wave back to him and then he's like sir you need to get down for your safety and then he points a fucking m16 at me i'm like what the fuck i will do whatever the fuck you say why are you pointing an m16 at me holy shit
1: get down for your safety proceed to do something unsafe for you
0: i don't know if he had live ammo or not there was a magazine in there holy shit i presume they didn't put ammo in there because when you see these guys engage they'll just say bang you're dead right and if they get if the blue team gets the red team they're done and vice versa Right? I wonder what happens if it turns into, like, you know, a little kid's, you shot me, nuh-uh. No. It'd be awesome to see grown men doing that. And when he did that, I got down, and he's like, no, don't do that. Get in your car and leave. I'm like, what the fuck, doing what you just told me? <laughs> and he's like, well, you're clearly not, and he said something else, but he, I, I clearly wasn't the shooter. Yeah. And like, really? A fat software developer, not the shooter? Not the active duty personnel in, in camouflage with the with the, the little hat indicated? Cause it's, sometimes they put a red hat on. They do different things, right? But they coordinate in advance so the blue team knows who the red team is and everyone else is a civilian. And I was, I showed up in a freaking Hawaiian shirt. I was ridiculous looking, right? Mm-hmm. Before Hawaiian shirts were racist. <sighs> Why do all the good things have to go away? Anyway, I'm clearly not the shooter, right? My hair is out of regs. My body shape is out of regs. Not that. I'm pretty fat, but I'm not that fat. I drive up in a smart car, a smart 4-2, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. So you didn't have a military, you know, issued smart 4-2. And after he shoots this thing at me, I drive away, but I'm, like, stunned because I'm, like, if that airman had slipped... Right. I could have been dead. I didn't know there was an active shooter drill. I just went the fuck home. and called my boss. My boss didn't answer. So I have no clue what the fuck's going on.
1: Yeah. Having a gun pointed at you is a pretty good reason to go home.
0: Yeah. I, I, this happened at like nine or 10 in the morning. Right. And I showed up mm-hmm. late to my defense contractor job. They like me there at like you know, seven or eight or something. Well, I calmed down. I ate something. Right. And then I went back in after I after my boss eventually contacted me like an hour later. Like, oh, yeah, we had an active shooter drill. I was locked in a conference room without my cell phone. Go. OK explains it mm-hmm. but i didn't know right it could have been anything yeah i know that's not the same as being betrayed by a loved one no it doesn't have the same deep emotional trauma but this was six or seven years ago i was already a grown man and it had enough emotional impact on me to know that this kid pointing a gun at me could kill me if he made a mistake or just chose to i can't imagine what it would be like living with someone you're supposed to trust and you rely on both financially and, and like physically and then people try to tell me guns make our homes safer i'm like go go fuck yourself You are so full of shit, and I hate you. If you think guns make your home safe after reviewing the evidence, just go fuck yourself. (sighs) Yeah, don't go fuck yourself if you haven't reviewed the evidence yet. Convince yourself of this fact. If you want to check out sources on that, we have uh, a meta study on gun risk and death. Uh, What percentages of things happen, how often people die. Uh, Just in general, people are 11 times more likely to die of gun violence. In the U.S., in their home, than in any other country, any of the other Western countries they looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose not all of this is necessarily correlation. I'm sorry, it could be correlation, not causation. But the mechanism acting here is really simple: guns are tools for injuring things. People get injured more when they bring guns into their home. That's it's not exactly you know the riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah, sorry, I went on there really long with my anecdote.
2: Yeah,
1: you did. It's okay though. Yeah, it's eventually someone's going to come along and they're going to be like, well, I've been a gun owner for blah decades and I haven't had any problems. And yeah, it is, it's is—it's possible to get there, but like statistically, you're not going to really be in that game. You don't really want to introduce that kind of risk for most people.
0: Your chance of winning a game of rock, paper, scissors is 50-50. But they hold rock, paper, scissors championships and someone wins. People get lucky. It happens.
1: Yeah. The, saying that this is a myth is not saying that it's a, a guarantee bad things are going to happen. It's just it's not worth rolling the dice at all.
0: In my opinion. Yeah. And that uh, there is some opinion we're injecting there, right? If you do live in a very dangerous area and your your people you know never come home at surprising hours, you know, it, might, it could conceivably make sense to accept the risk of bringing a gun into your home to defend your home. But that's not the vast majority of America. No. You have to be ready to understand that the most likely person to get shot by that gun is you or your family. And if you're okay with that, then you can make an evidence-based decision, and there needs to be no domestic abuse involved, and, and, and. It's like, this this doesn't apply to America. There's no place in America, I don't think.
1: Yeah, certainly not enough places in America, even if they do exist, not enough to dictate national law.
0: Yeah, I can agree to that.
1: (sighs) And then a couple of other people piled on.
0: Onto the beef bus? Next myth. We don't need more laws. We need better enforcement of the laws we have.
1: Now, quick clarification here, because I, I can already imagine some people screeching at us calling this a myth. We're not saying it's a myth that we need better enforcement. Or The part that's a myth here is not needing more laws.
0: Yeah. Um. So, again, logic and evidence. Yep. One purely logic-based argument is uh, no gun law can prevent suicide. Yep. Just can't. So we need something. We need something new to help with that. And it's not like the suicide and mental health things we have won't, you know, it's not like they're all perfect, but we need more because suicide is a huge problem in this country. So we need something else. We need at least laws for that. And that's before digging into any evidence, just what I think anyone would understand is going on. Did you have some specific piece of evidence you wanted to dive into first?
1: Not in particular, because, I don't know, just some thoughts, not really evidence, but for a lot of mass shootings, the, the first question is, okay, well, how did the person do it, and how were they able to do it? And a lot of times in mass shootings, we do see cases where they have illegally modified the gun, or... uh. I don't remember exactly which one, but I was telling you before we started recording that there was a mass shooting where someone was able to get around to the background check that would normally happen.
0: You mentioned that it was a oh, something about the Navy.
1: Yeah, I believe it was the the mass shooting that happened at a naval base a few years ago. I I don't know for sure. I just I believe that is the one. But so there are certainly places. Uh, Certain mass shootings where better enforcement. Assuming that enforcement were perfect, which is an unreasonable expectation. But if the enforcement were perfect, that we probably could have, at a minimum, made it more difficult for that mass shooting to be carried out. But that doesn't apply to every mass shooting. Some mass shootings, things are completely legal. And the mass shooting happens anyway. Again, I can hear the people screeching. Like, I know that... If we have lawful guns, there's, there's always going to be the possibility of someone get, becoming unhinged. You can't reduce it to zero, but we're, we don't necessarily need to reduce it to zero to make it better.
0: So two points. Yeah. Our audience doesn't screech. Our audience is amazing. They oh. politely object. Oh, okay. Uh, second, yeah, I totally agree. With gun laws and with us having the Second Amendment and interpreting it the way we do— where we as a country have decided it is a fundamental right, own lethal implements. Yeah, we're never going to get rid of gun violence as long as we have that rule, but we're not taking some of the very basic steps we could. Uh, And if you don't have a specific point, I want to go straight to background checks. Yeah. We do have mandatory background checks, and we have a system for checking it. And something like 90% of queries against the system get answered in just a couple minutes— So it isn't such a huge hassle for gun owners who are legal and safe. But then, you know, not everyone goes through this, or if the system doesn't return an answer within a certain period of time, you can sell the gun, even if somebody doesn't have a background check. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not all guns require it. You mentioned it even right here in Nebraska, right? Right here in Nebraska, you don't need a background check to buy a long gun, just a handgun. Yeah. So if I want to go buy a, a fully automatic weapon, I can do that, actually freaking what was it canfields bass pro shops they had a barrett 50 caliber i asked the salesman about it and i'm like can i buy that he's like yeah like why isn't there a price because nobody can afford it <laughs> like, oh, okay well how much is it he's like sixteen thousand dollars he's like you're right i'd have to trade my car
1: wow but
0: it was a freaking 50 caliber sniper rifle and they just had it there and it's legal what am i shit what tin can Gets defeated by a 50 caliber sniper rifle. What is this video game nonsense? (laughs) They're hard to get in
1: video games.
0: Because it's like the end game weapon where it's like one shot kills whatever.
1: Isn't 50 caliber like the caliber where they start considering them anti-material weapons?
0: Yes, you're right. They're not technically sniper rifles. It's an anti-material rifle because it's a crime in the Geneva Conventions to point that shit at a human. Right? I didn't shoot the human. I shot his backpack. I disabled him. He has no more equipment or spine.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Just double-checked. The Geneva Conventions do not prohibit 50 caliber weaponry being used against people. International laws do prohibit weapons that cause unnecessary suffering. An expert on international law says, quote, If you had an enemy sniper in an oasis in the middle of the desert, you could drop a nuclear weapon on the guy and it would be perfectly lawful. Well, there might be some environmental issues involved, but it would not cause undue suffering, he said. We have Stripes as a source for that in the show notes. It's kind of ridiculous. Check it out. Anyway, yeah, no, th- that was in the store. Yeah. Right? You could just go. You could, oh. Anyway, so in Nebraska, you're allowed to buy long guns.
1: Mm-hmm. Without a background check.
0: And only 22 states... Uh, and Washington, D.C., have extra regulations beyond this federal minimum. And the federal minimum is everyone has to go through this background check process for handguns. And actually, that's kind of evidence-based. That makes some sense. Handguns do get used more. Yeah, much more. Long guns tend to get used in the mass shootings, which is one thing we want to clamp down on. Mm-hmm. But they're all implements of violence. So it's like, they're all going to be used for shooting things. Yeah. So it's... Uh, sorry, it's, I'm way off, way off base here. Uh, laws, right? If we had more background checks, it'd be harder to get these things. There are various loopholes. Uh, if you haven't heard of straw buying, have you heard of straw buying? I have not. Okay. I first learned about this when you and I both worked at the pawn shop. Oh. Remember that when we fixed computers there?
1: Right. I remember, yes.
0: And we worked under that guy who had a gun, a concealed gun at a computer store.
1: Good for him.
0: Yeah. Anyway, on another episode, I'll...
1: Did he plan on using it against the viruses in the computer?
0: He was worried about all of that La Vista, Nebraska crime.
1: Mm. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so straw buying. This lovely manager we had explained to me how to buy guns legally if you're a felon. Because there were you are not allowed to buy a gun in most places if you're a felon. It might be federal. I don't remember what the exact restrictions are. But it got to the point where people could buy guns online that let you skip the background check. Mm -hmm. because a lot of the laws are worded such that it's only if you're buying it in state A from state A. Yeah,
1: they use, like, point of sale, and then they define it in some archaic way.
0: Yeah, so, you know, if if I'm in Nebraska and buying a state in South Dakota, maybe I would need a background check in both states, but Colorado law might say, you know, check Colorado background, right, or something, right? So some some circumvention of this using some shitty— that's a loophole right there, right? It just should be— who cares where they're from? Check their background. But he, he mentioned this, and he would buy guns online. Or carefully say this. I don't... Whoa, thinking back, maybe he was buying guns. He was just describing how to buy guns. Whoa.
1: He was probably buying guns.
0: I don't want to make that accusation, because he never said he was buying guns, and I have no reason to... No evidence to believe it. Okay. Okay, yeah. No, I just learned something on air about my own freaking thoughts and memories. This is... Yay, this is like therapy. Okay. Mm. You would send someone there to pick it up who can pass the background check and because in a lot of places person-to-person sales don't require a background check you pay that person to buy the gun from them and that's what a straw buyer is you send somebody who can legally buy guns and then you do the person-to-person sale and at some stage there right if you got arrested and brought in for that you might get convicted but if you have a good enough lawyer you're just like yeah each step along this chain is legal and there's so many loopholes and i think straw buying is illegal now in nebraska and we even had enforcement of it and Uh, went over some of those rules with the pawn shop owner. Mm -hmm. But it's not. We needed new rules for that. And there's other ways around these laws that let people who are kind of nefarious buy guns. Yeah. Anything else on not having enough guns? Do we have anything quirky about Japan to fit in here?
1: Uh, Not that I'm seeing. Nothing
0: about how we should have a law about turning in our casings or a law about safes or... What was it? They have... You have to have a safer gun, a safer ammunition, and they're not allowed to be on the same floor.
1: I don't remember it being that strict, but they have to be distinctly separate and they they have to be stored separately. I would imagine. And there are police inspections to verify that you are doing this. Yeah, it's
0: like once a year they check. Yeah. I'm not even advocating for that, but a police check or a gun inspection bureau, right, if the office... Of Statistical Justice Bureau Agency? One day. Yeah, but if they have people, you know, just come and check your gun safe. That'd be pretty awesome. Yep. It's like, check if they check that you have the amount of guns that you say you have and they're all in a safe, that right there, that would have prevented Columbine.
2: If
1: it was timed well, yeah, could have.
0: Well, I mean, the Columbine kids, their parents did have a gun safe, but it couldn't hold all of their guns. So they had some guns in like this glass China cabinet thing. And if they just would have been a rule that says you have to have you know enough space in your gun safe for all your guns yeah that would have prevented it i'm looking through
1: our sources where the fuck was i uh on to the next myth Uh, that guns will be used to fight tyranny oh god we recently had a event in national news that kind of throws some pretty significant doubt on that claim if anyone remembers the January 6th insurrection.
0: I've been trying real hard and the, the phrase idiot-surrection isn't sticking. Anyway, there's literally no evidence that the election was tampered with. Literally none. Mm-hmm. Trump had 60 court cases, I'm sorry, 60, more than 60 court cases with which to present evidence. His legal team never presented any and his lawyers are being sued for defamation and everyone's being sued for lying about this. And there's no tangible reason to believe that tyranny was ever on the table up until
1: we got a bunch of trump supporters fighting to disrupt democratic operations in transition of power.
0: So, okay. So so this this claim fails on logic here because these people were fighting for tyranny. That's yep. that's not how that's not how guns work. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not how this myth works. This myth is this myth is that all these, you know, second amendment supporters will come along and protect us from a king. Yep. And then we have Donald Trump trying to make himself a
2: king,
1: and they support him.
0: And then it fails a second way. We don't need the guns in that situation. And the insurrectionists kind of demonstrated it. I lied. We do have sources. Uh, Two sources, CNN and Law Enforcement Today. Law Enforcement Today is really slanted to the point of calling various people crybabies. But both these sources, I was able to assemble a small list of weapons they used. You ready?
1: uh, uh, Or do you want to read it? I want to read it. This is fun. Okay. So the list includes... One flagpole, 11 Molotov cocktails, one gun unused with 25 rounds, one crossbow, relevant to what we discussed earlier, <laughs> two pipe bombs, one hockey stick, one stun gun, a partridge in a pear tree, you say? Okay. Bear spray, lots of mace, lots of tasers, lots of melee, and finally, a motherfucking spear.
0: That is indeed the list I assembled. Yes. That's just what police claimed and verified. We have really hard firm evidence for photos. Uh, it's an evidence locker, stuff like that. There are allegations of other guns having been there. And there were reports of a couple AR-15s.
1: The video of the woman that got shot by the master at arms, uh, there actually is a person in the background holding a what looks like an AR-15. That's plausible.
0: Right. That could have been a mock-up, could have been a cardboard cutout, could have been real. Yeah. But that in no way indicates that this whole mob was armed in what we would normally consider an armed mob. No. I'd expect some fraction of the mob to have guns. And if we round all of this really high up, right, they probably had a few more pipe bombs, probably a bunch more bear spray. I I wouldn't guess there'd be too many more crossbows or flagpoles. The flagpole was kind of and it was in situ resource utilization. They were like, let's take this flagpole and make our best of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're talking like a dozen guns, tops. If we stretch everything, we stretch credulity. And a dozen guns scattered around you know, thousands of people isn't a gun armed mob. It was an armed mob. They had a fuckload of weapons. Yeah. Right. If, if, a, if a thousand people come at you swinging hockey sticks and flagpoles, you're going to have a bad day. They just didn't have tons and tons of guns and they didn't have organization. If they would have been effectively organized, they could have stopped that vote.
2: Yeah,
1: they could have.
0: We don't need guns interfere with the corrupt operation of our government. We would need people on the inside. We would need coordination. We would need intelligence. If you armed all these people with guns, it wouldn't have changed a whole lot, except that Congress probably wouldn't have gotten the vote that day, and they probably would have had... uh, Uh, Police and National Guard called in earlier, presuming the machinery of government were still operating, which is a dubious claim for that one day. Very dubious. But even if they'd gotten in and shot up a bunch of people, it wouldn't have materially changed it, right? What you would need to do is go in and then capture people. You can't just shoot up Congress right that doesn't make that doesn't give you legitimacy unless you then have enough military force to defeat the whole military so in any sort of situation where you're fighting tyranny you need to have mobs like that at government decisions like this one right and you need to get the military and the police on your side and if those security guards on the inside had been on the side of the protesters and some of them were we have plenty of video of them just letting people in yep and there's so many weird, skeevy circumstances around the National Guard not being called appropriately, backup from the Washington, D.C. police, dubious claims of what had happened with the facilities, whether or not like alarms and security systems were working correctly that one day. But inside operations is how you win in a modern coup, a modern takeover. Just a thousand people showing up with guns isn't going to do it. Let's say they did march in and kill everyone in Congress. Oh, that's a bad day for the country. Shit has gone down. Mm-hmm. But the country as a whole is not then going to say, uh, yeah, we're just going to let Trump stay president, right? There's going to be, the military's going to come in and they're going to treat that group like an armed violent group and the military will show up with more guns and it will be terrible. Thousands and thousands of Americans will die and we'll go right back to the Constitution. Yep. And I can say this because we've had this happen before. It's called a civil war. We had people fighting and being violent and ultimately more people sided with the good guys. And the good guys in the Constitution won. Sorry, just there's a lot of violence, man. And there is a lot of violence, yes. I mean, we're talking about guns, so of course there's going to be violence. Of course. Blah. You let me just run away with it again. No, it's fine. Oh, you cited a source. You cited me here. Uh,
1: yeah, we. so we've had the discussion about guns and the prevalence of guns in the United States in particular couple times before and during one of those conversations you said that the only real perk that you can think of to the obscene gun ownership rate that we have in the united states is that it does make us uninvadable to a foreign adversary
0: yeah we have more guns than people literally Mm -hmm. Uh, something like a third of people own guns which means that one third owns an average of more than three guns
1: yeah the last report i saw there is 112 guns for every hundred people
0: yeah, that about lines up with my understanding. Um, the The lowest number I've heard in a while was 98. The highest number I've heard in a while was 120 guns per person, per hundred people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine playing like one of those RTS games where you get to move your army in and most of the time, you know, you move in, you claim the resource, you, you get the village, you get the town, you get the whatever. But then if that town produced a gunman every turn, what? <laughs> that would be, that'd be impossible. Yeah. It's like, if, if you look back at any war where like land was conquered, it's like, okay, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna keep farming, but you're gonna... Give it to our economic system, and we're going to tax you. I don't see that working. If you know, you just conquered a thousand farmers with a farmland, and they have three thousand guns, right? It, yeah. This is this is one of those cases where if the in- people don't like
1: being invaded,
0: if every farmer fights back against every soldier, yeah, most of the farmers are going to die, but there's going to be a non-trivial amount of soldiers dying too.
1: Yeah, it would not make for a really good situation where they could establish like, supply lines or, you know, any of the things needed for any kind of long-term occupation. You just wouldn't be able to do it. Would be a mess.
0: Ugh. And they try to come house to house to take their guns, and then right-wing media would freak out and be like, they're coming to take your guns! Oh, wait, they say that already, and they don't freak out. Maybe if we're going to get invaded, that they'll just start a misinformation campaign, and they'll claim that guns are, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to concoct a horrible scenario here, and I can't.
1: I don't know. But, I mean, while that is a form of tyranny that can be avoided... Uh, in aggregate and like a big picture view it what's the actual likelihood of a foreign adversary landing troops on u.s soil within our lifetimes while we're still able to operate guns effectively it just oh yeah like what's the likelihood of any of this like
0: functionally zero right yeah the u.s navy is the world's largest navy and we can project force anywhere right this the, the u.s navy is also the second largest air force right next to the u.s air force Then the U.S. Army is the third largest air force. And then we have the largest, we don't have the largest army by person count that goes to China, but we have the largest army by budget. Mm -hmm. We have the most tanks and planes and guns. And we spend a lot of our time going other places, bombing anyone who's at all a threat. And then our politicians do a real good job of making peace with everyone who might be a threat, right? Of nuclear powers, right? There's like 12, 13, 14 of us, something like that. We're friends with everyone except Russia and China. Yep. We're really safe. Mexico's not going to invade. Not any more than just sending over, you know, immigrants illegally. And they're our second largest. Are they there? They're our largest or our second largest. Whatever. They're a giant trading partner of ours. They love giving us stuff. And we love giving them money to take their stuff. And Canada's somewhere in the top 10 for who we trade with, too. We love sending them money. And they send us ridiculous TV shows and whatever.
1: Yeah, they're the Canadian dollar tracks with the United States dollar alarmingly closely.
0: Yeah, there's tons of economic crossover there. Yeah, it's like. These two countries aren't going to invade us. They don't want to take us over. They want to buy our stuff and sell us stuff. Yep. Right? So it's like we're too valuable alive to be killed. And that's why we don't conquer them. We and we could we trivially I say trivially, the cost of millions of lives is trivial in this scale. We could trivially invade and take over Canada or Mexico, but we don't, because they're more valuable alive than dead, because we like having them as trading partners just from a very economic perspective just numerically it doesn't make sense and then from the human perspective we like them mexico is cool canada's cool we're all buddies
1: yeah yeah when people try to rail against the global economy like oh globalism is bad and things like that's usually what i retort with like no global economy keeps people more peaceful because yeah. people are more valuable alive in that situation than dead i'm sure the global economy will come back up later if we ever decide to talk about boats um yes
0: okay uh anything else on that myth i don't think so okay you know all of that's going into an interstitial to make you look as bad as possible sure nice oh okay well the next myth is mental health funding will prevent
1: gun violence we do need more mental health funding
0: i'll totally agree there
1: but the assertion that it will Prevent gun violence is a bit more dubious.
0: Yeah. So I actually agree it will prevent some forms. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's the best way to prevent suicide because suicide is a really intimate thing. It involves just a person and their gun.
1: This actually kind of touches on a bit uh, something that is being brought up more and more frequently with more recent gun discussions, that the gun problem in the United States is complex and multifaceted and the solution will have to be equally multifaceted. So we need to identify the different kinds of gun problems, as you just did, and tailor solutions to them in order to make a more comprehensive solution to gun violence in the United States.
0: This is America. Do you think we have time for your nuance?
1: If we want to succeed, we will make the time.
0: Oh,
2: we're fucked. (laughs) Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, so I totally agree that mental health funding is good, right? But it's not going to stop categories of gun violence. Mm -hmm. I agree that it will help with suicide, it will not stop suicide. Yep. Right? The only way to stop suicide by guns is to get rid of guns. And no amount of mental health training will change or alter accidents. It just won't. They're, they're not they are not connected. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some corner case, if you meditate more, you fumble a little bit less. But that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about actually like moving the needle by at least a percentage point. You will not mitigate accidents by doing anything other than removing guns or fundamentally changing the design of guns to make them less accident prone somehow. Mm-hmm. Right? If each gun could magically, you magically had a little computer in it that wouldn't shoot at a good guy. Well, that would invalidate a lot of our myths, wouldn't it?
1: And then the question becomes, how does it determine who's good, who's bad?
0: If we just presume magic, we don't need to dig in. Okay, fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Magic does make things a lot more convenient.
0: It's a lot easier than the uh, magical good-bad detector our police have been using recently. Oof. Uh, We could have gotten statistics on mental health funding and all of this, but I don't think a lot of this is in contention. But we did get some sources on how prevalent some common mental health issues are. I I picked out one for depression. Something like 7%, sometimes a little more, of Americans have depression. That's a lot. That can go towards making you not care about the results of your actions. That could lead to suicide. Mm-hmm. I don't see the connection between depress- depression and shooting other people. I, could, I guess I could be talked into it. But even that's 7% of people, that's not everyone. That's not every shooter. Mm-hmm. And when we looked into statistics specifically of that the FBI had gathered, factcheck.org in the show notes, only 25% of subjects during this 13-year period they had, 2000 to 2013, only 25% of suspects had been diagnosed with an issue, with a mental health issue. And 62%, yeah, that's more than half. Only 62% had a mental health stressor that the agency could identify, you know, had been affecting the shooter. But a mental health stressor is like anything that could contribute. Mm -hmm. And, And I think this more speaks to the point that people think that shooters are these deranged People with no attachment to reality, Well, most of them are. Most of them are attached to reality. Most of them are mentally healthy. 75% of them have no diagnosis. So we're not going to prevent someone wanting to hurt someone else and then choosing to. They're either operating on bad information or we don't have good diagnoses for 75% of people.
1: So, like, I do see your source about the FBI survey and what it's saying, it is it's pretty clear, but people are definitely going to come back and ask, well, what kind of deranged person does it take to open fire on a, a bunch of other people? And as far as like mental illness of some kind, I mean, it's the, one of the primary examples I'm going to go to is the Virginia Tech shooter, if you remember that one.
0: I remember the shooting, but I didn't dig into it because it's just one more shooting in the United States.
1: Sure. But the Virginia Tech shooter was pretty much the the martyr of the incel movement, the more violent and shitty side of the incel movement. And he himself was an incel and he had made this manifesto and he went on and on and on about, well, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but I guess in a nutshell, rejection. And I wonder if that would be considered a mental health problem by the fbi being an incel <laughs> it's not how i was gonna phrase it but sure let's go with that
0: or being in a mindset will you write a manifesto i've almost written a manifesto a couple times and i'm like you know what that does not put me in a good club no i'm just gonna skip that i'll i'll write a blog post or something this isn't a manifesto anymore
1: so it's definitely an improvement
0: <laughs> sorry we're trying to make light of dif- difficult situations I don't know what that person may or may not have had, Mm -hmm. and we have doctors trying to diagnose these things, and the FBI hires doctors and employs them. I have to presume that the FBI knows what they're doing here, and that said, they're not the sole source of truth. Sure. If we look at the larger body of evidence, right, we can look at other countries and try to see what's fueling them. The people who do shootings there—I'm thinking back to, like, the Iceland shooting or that kid in Japan who got a shotgun and a hatchet and— went on a rampage. I could see either of them described as incels. Do I know that they had any specific mental issues their health systems would have caught or diagnosed? I think sometimes people are just violent. And I think if we're going to keep guns in this country, a certain amount of rampage violence is going to be acceptable. Or it's going to be the cost.
1: Yeah, well, none of it is acceptable. But yeah, I agree with the phrasing is the cost.
0: Well, as a country, we're going to accept it. Or we're going to get rid of guns. I don't see a middle ground because it doesn't matter how thoroughly you background check someone. Doesn't matter how how much the guns cost. Doesn't matter. It, none of it matters if the gun still is there. At some point, a person who has a gun is going to do something with the gun they shouldn't.
1: That That. Kind of flies into the face of what we were saying earlier about it is possible to be a responsible gun owner. It's just against the statistic.
0: Well, any one person might be able to be a responsible gun owner, right? But let's yes. pick on mine again, right? Maybe the parents were responsible. They did own a gun safe. But the kids, they just took the guns that weren't in the safe. No. Or maybe they got the key to the safe and got in and stole it.
1: Now, having guns that are not in a safe, I would argue, makes them not responsible. Yeah, but You're right. Yeah. But uh, stealing the key? Yeah. If the parents thought the key was secure, but the kids knew something that the parents didn't realize
0: they knew? I'm not certain that's what happened.
1: Yeah. yeah, Hypothetically. Those
0: kids had a lot of guns. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So hypothetically speaking, if they circumvented, actively circumvented the defenses of the parents, then okay, fine. That's not on a responsibility claim against them.
0: Back to the Columbine kid. The only diagnosis I think they would have got is freaking male teenage
1: hormones. Yeah. Uh, Well, a feeling of isolation is pretty common in mass shooters, and uh, maybe that should have a, a definition as being some kind of mental health disorder when it gets that severe but yeah it's not where we are right now so pivoting
0: just a little bit yeah i feel like we could just take things and make them mental health diagnoses and if we did that to everything we could get them all but this current atlanta shooter he taught at religious activities Mm -hmm. he was a christian fundamentalist he thought that lust was a horrible sin and he went after these women because he thought they were prostitutes Maybe they were or weren't. I don't know. But I know that being a prostitute does not justify being murdered.
1: Not in the slightest.
0: And I got to touch on the race thing again. Yep. The pervasive belief that Asian day spas are selling happy endings and hand jobs and sex and they are prostitutes. It's another racist thing. Plenty of them aren't. And the ones that are often involve sex trafficking. So this guy on evidence-free racist sexist thoughts went in and either shot sex slaves or innocent people. And did so because he believed that he couldn't control his sexual impulses and was going to hell. In this country, being a Christian fundamentalist is not a mental health issue. But being a fundamentalist thoroughly primes you to ignore evidence. Yep. As soon as you believe that things revealed on faith are just as good as firm, hard evidence, you've given it up. You're, you're not operating in reality anymore. You have disevidentia. You're buying into it. Right? Unless we start saying disevidentia is a real mental disorder, and I guess that would be the ultimate fulfillment of this show's goal
1: maybe it should be
0: maybe it should be but until we're there mental health funding isn't going to find that guy that that guy's mental health issue was he was christian an extreme flavor of christianity that thought that just thinking about sex was sin and he somehow thought his little holy war against asian day spas was getting him into heaven (laughs) yeah but he was in a position where people would come to him for counseling and he would share the holy word instead of directing people towards more mental health services. So yeah, mental health would help, but it wouldn't have stopped him.
2: Well,
1: as you phrased it earlier, with our current understanding and yeah uh, approach to mental health it, it definitely wouldn't have yeah now <laughs> there is the the other take on all of this that i'm not sure i should even mention just do it whether or not religious fundamentalism itself should be considered a mental health issue
0: i thought i already said that
1: oh you got close to it
0: oh oh, well, sorry for not saying it let me assert it now i think that religious fundamentalism should be classified as a mental health issue Anybody who believes in a promise of an afterlife and trades that for real world things we can see here and touch now, they're not operating in reality. That's dangerous. Yeah.
1: And I think most people would agree if they take it far enough to decide to be judge, jury, and executioner, then yeah, that's without a doubt a problem.
0: I agree it's a problem, but we also can't just diagnose that as a mental health issue because some systems are bad and need to be torn down and you can't operate inside a system to tear the system down in many cases sometimes you can like I could see a new chief of police being installed him firing all the bad police officers and then hiring good ones and reforming a police department. I could, that can happen sometimes right but I don't think you could stop the coup in Myanmar that way you can't join the military and work your way up the ranks and get rid of the evil corrupt military dictatorship that took over the democratic government mm-hmm. if you want to defeat a military coup you have to use violence in some, some situations, you have to use violence, and it's... Yeah, I agree. And this guy thought he was in one of those situations, and he made a a wrong judgment call, but he thought God was on his side.
1: Back to religious fundamentalism being mental health issue.
0: We can't just categorize a way to make decisions as a mental health issue, because that way to make decisions might be important at some point. So this guy being religious connects. Hmm. Yeah. Well, as long as we have the First Amendment, I don't see that one happening anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have anything else on this myth?
1: Uh, No, I think we're good. Mental
0: Mental Fundamentalism Institute Agency Justice Bureau.
1: Bureau of Justice Statistics. All
0: right. Myth number nine. More
1: gun training can solve this problem. Yeah. That one I don't really see all that often. I mean, I have seen individual people try to make the claim, but it doesn't really seem to be all that pervasive in my experience.
0: No, oh, I've had a few people argue that we can stop, we can stop something with this, right?
1: Well, we probably could stop something, but you
0: might be able to. You can bring the accidents to their natural low with more training. Yeah, but that's not going to get rid of accidents. Right? It's not going to do anything about suicide. Yeah, and it's not going to do anything about people who want to be maliciously shot or who want to mal- maliciously shoot people. Except if part of that training is letting them know the consequences or mandatory empathy classes or something. Not that I think an empathy class would actually work. But in theory, you could try to, you know, prevent incels from getting guns. I don't know.
1: Maybe. But it we have no real evidence or even logic, surface level logic, to suggest that it would make a meaningful difference. Yeah. It's hard to go on and on about
0: somebody saying something that has no evidence. Yeah. Yeah. At least a lot of these other sources, they had confounding evidence, or they had reasons to believe it, right? Like that we can fight tyranny. When you break it down, that one was just a bunch of people saying it over and over again, and we needed some evidence. The insurrection.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: <sighs> okay. Moving out of myths. Do you want to give it a go while I fix my shit? Sure. Let me adjust this ever so slightly was there anything surprising you learned when we were going through this
1: uh a few things here and there i mean aside from us having to do that that further deep dive on the first myth that we covered that was like oh different agencies define things differently and you can get radically different results okay that was a little bit surprising
0: i expected to get different results right but i didn't expect to get two trend lines that went opposite directions yeah and I expect the wiggle room, like, oh, it's off by 5%. Oh, what accounts for that?
1: But other things? There have been 125 shooters in the 30-plus age range in school shootings. That is... I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what I expected for the proper age to be in a school shooting. I know. School attendees? Uh, well, yeah, Columbine kind of sets that expectation, I guess. And had you asked me that before this, I, I probably wouldn't have gone straight there i don't know what i would have expected but not that
0: yeah i saw that and there's a chart for this in the show notes what's it called this is a a statista has a chart there so number of k through 12 school shootings u.s age shooter Mm -hmm. yeah it draws a nice bell curve right around middle school high school age so again angry testosterone fueled kids boys mostly bring a gun to school and shoot people and then it tapers back off in the 20s and then the highest age category is 30 plus, and it's just a big old spike.
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: I guess it's just adults hating kids. Maybe boomers really hate Zoomers that much. Wow. Hey, hey, if you want a thing gone, use a tool specifically intended to make... I'm advocating shooting children. Somebody advocated shooting children. How the hell did we get 125 shooters of 30-year-olds in fucking classrooms? Uh, one thing I learned, and mm-hmm. I, I really didn't expect this. I expected this to track onto the norms of the country gun owners are less educated than the rest of the population and where I learned this was from a website that was saying that gun owners being less educated is a myth
1: <laughs> how did how did they end up how, how did they accomplish making the opposite claim of their intention
0: so their claim was that gun owners are uneducated right so that's a pretty firm claim where there's no education going on here Then they went on to proudly proclaim, only 34% of gun owners haven't graduated high school. I'm like, wait, that's not a good claim. What's the national average? And I I went on to research. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, where my family hails from, has the lowest rate of high school graduation in the country. So 21% of people don't graduate high school. So about one in five people don't graduate high school. But that's a territory. That's not a state. It's so weird. People have learned that we're in Nebraska, and that I'm a Puerto Rican living in Nebraska, and that I'm fat. We are putting our whole lives out there this episode. You need to be a little
1: careful. Oh goodness. We may get a knock on the door.
0: They want my fat Puerto Rican body.
1: Like no, how... no, just just move on.
0: Okay. But for states, yeah, the state that does worst in terms of not graduating is California. Fifteen percent of students don't graduate from high school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so taking the worst state right? California or even Puerto Rico, right? 21%. This guy's bragging that 34% of gun owners haven't graduated. So that means 66% have. And it's like, okay, so some gun owners, he's, his point is some gun owners have graduated. And my point is that's it's like three times higher than the average. I didn't write the average down. Yeah, But it's like twice as bad as the worst U.S. state. And then he goes in to talk about bachelor's degrees, how 20% of them don't have bachelor's degrees. But if you look at people in the U.S., the U.S. has more bachelor's Degrees per capita per percentage so he's like gun owners aren't educated i'm gonna demonstrate that by not knowing statistics
2: (sighs) yeah
1: it seems to me he's like oh more than half of them are educated therefore and then just didn't really think about it beyond that so this is we didn't discuss this
0: yet but when you're running an experiment you have to run a control so you know what good looks like or you know what bad looks you know what normal looks like and then in your experiment you can see what the difference is yeah so anytime you're using statistics to use a natural experiment to, to, to gather data from a thing that already happened if you're going to say gun owners are educated because x you need to compare x to the rest of the country or to some population right
1: <sighs> yeah well i
0: didn't expect it but gun owners are on average
1: less educated yeah yeah i think that one's a little less surprising than the other one but it's still surprising
0: you know, maybe those kids were really mouthy. Wow.
1: Thanks to our supporters, including NiceHash. See the link in the show notes to grind money out of your gaming computer.
0: Thanks to our new patrons, Lazore78 and Keldar. Thanks to all of our patrons at the evidence investigator level or higher, Jared and DuckTape.
1: Thanks for listening. Is that going to be another interstitial? Fuck
0: yes. <laughs> we have nine of them I have to make.
1: Copyright 2021 Blacktop Studios, Inc. Intro music was slow by PIDX, used with permission.